uh, thank you for coming in. No trouble at all. I'm I'm glad to have made it this far in the selection process. <laughs> yes, yes. So, um, you are applying for a job at Electric Sodcast, then? I sure am. Yeah. Is there any particular reason why? Um, I I wish to use it as a vehicle to make people laugh and and make people think. I see. And to. You know, bring down the government. Oh, of course, of course, yes. I also want to promote a message of unity, harmony and, and peace, creating a, a culture of warmth and belonging where everyone is welcome, being present, connecting with transparency, dignity and, you know, respect, delivering our very best in all we do, holding ourselves accountable for results. We're performance-driven through the lens of humanity. Well, that all goes without saying. Uh, did, did you, um... Yeah, steal it from the Starbucks mission statement, yes. Well, it sounded very nice. Ultimately, I suppose, I want to get rich and famous and blow all of my fortune on the booze and the pot. A booze pot, right. And um, do you have any experience working in a podcast? Um, well, well, no, but I have listened to them. All of them? All of them. And what have you learned? I have learned nothing. Nothing. Good. Now then, what about sounds? Do you like sounds? Mm, yeah, I've, I'm always very stimulated by new sonic terrains. Hmm. I'll just write down asshole. What sound should there be on a podcast, do you think? I suppose you want Moroccan drum loops, mm-hmm. um, talking and so on, mm-hmm. obviously. The sound of two dogs fucking. Um, and I, I like the innovating screech of V8 racing car engines. Uh-huh. It's very long working hours, I should warn you. What do you see as being the main duties? Well, I'll need someone to go and buy me crisps. That's a very strong requirement. I bought a lot of crisps for people back when I was a bookseller, so my, my crisp purchasing game is strong. Good. And twice a day, I'll need you to walk my aunt. That's not a euphemism, just literally take her around the block. Uh, 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 okay. And um, scoop up her business. But I'll provide all the little polythene bags, of course. Those look like old crisp packets. Yes, we are all about recycling and sustainability here at the Electric Sodcast. Can I ask about the salary? Well, with a policy of non-disclosure, I'm afraid, um, a lot of businesses have got into all sorts of trouble in recent years by revealing salary information. You know, the sort of thing. uh, Men getting paid more than women. Employees from the North being paid in packets of rice rather than in sterling, and so forth. But you... You could tell me how much I'd be paid, surely. It would be unfair to our other employees to treat you any differently. 
I see. And the last thing on my list is sexual harassment policy. Hmm, yeah. I'm sure you understand, baby cakes. You have a policy of sexual harassment? It's endemic, yes. But you'll be fine. (laughs) Especially with the legs like that. You should wear shorter skirts, though, just to really show them off. But not for visits to our warehouse. They'd eat you alive in the warehouse. When can you start? I, I can start immediately. Great. Great. There's a petrol station on the corner. I could absolutely murder a packet of frazzles. Murder them. Just grab a fiver from Petty Cash on your way out. Of course. Well, what are you waiting for? I'm waiting for you to put the gun down. Everybody, this is your favorite personal trainer, Laurent Abdujaparov, author of my hit new best-selling ebook, Be a Really Fit Man or Woman. Here for your 12 o'clock shake-up. We've learned the moves. We've got the grooves. I want to see everybody on their feet. Here we go. And step. And two, and step, and two, and three, and four, and three, and four, and sideways Kenneth, sideways Kenneth, sideways Kenneth, sideways Kenneth, and step, and two, and step, and two, and three, and four, three, and four, weeping my lord. Weeping, my lord. Weeping, my lord. Weeping, my lord. Yeah, yeah. John Bon Jovi. John Bon Jovi. Salmon Rushdie. Uh. Salmon Rushdie. Uh. Jimmy Stewart. Huh. Jimmy Stewart. Huh. Salmon Rushdie. Uh. Salmon Rusty uh, and step and two and step and two and three and four three and four Okay everybody That's enough See you next time A special report into the hardships faced by professional actors. With over one in four people now working as an actor, is there enough room in the industry to support them all? 
Ptolemy Botolf spoke to a spiritually depleted actist from Milton Keynes, which is near Buckinghamshire. My name is Marriott Bonvoy, and I've been a professional actor for some years now. I, I left the Academy in 2004, and since then, frankly, it's been a struggle all the way. Um, in 2006, I earned £800 for falling over in an amusing manner in the background of a television advert for Ivita. Um, but I've not seen another penny since then. Everything goes on credit, of course. Um, I'm almost 300,000 in debt, in fact. Uh, but today, I've got my first audition for 12 years. Mario Bonvoy's story is commonplace to the point of being repulsive. His audition today for the role of a bollard in the new series of Drive to Survive is demeaning. It's like wanking for coins. Copper coins at best. Copper coins covered in lint. How do you prepare yourself for portraying an inanimate object? Um, well, one studies a lot of techniques, stillness, Silence, of course, that sort of thing. Um, wear an appropriately coloured unitard. Uh, it, it promotes dehumanisation. And how does an actor manage to stand out as a traffic cone? It's about empathy, I think. Um, and then one must try to imbue the part with sufficient gravitas. Essentially, I approach it in exactly the same way as I'd approach playing Hamlet. Have you ever played Hamlet? Um, no. And it's not just in reality TV where we find exploitation and prickery towards today's jobbing thespians. Only last year, Endeavour star Roger Allen was slapped with a warm ham during a production on the actual bloody stage. The, the theatre right now is is not somewhere you want to try your luck. It, 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 it's a very hostile environment. A, a lot of directors can be aggressive and stalking around you in auditions, shouting and spitting and so forth. Um, in rehearsals, Nicholas Heitner now insists on being topless, apparently. Um, I know of a friend who worked with Greg Doran and he just got pelted with food. Um, Patrick Marburg carries a scythe it's really intimidating and the threat of immediate wounding can undermine your confidence terribly my my worst audition was in 2008 at the Liverpool Everyman and I was up for the role of Dr Brandywine in Wither Fallacia I'm telling you Lucretia that things between us have reached a crossroads, a turning point this stale cadaver of a marriage cannot just stagger onwards like a pleasingly fragrant zombie. You and I must face reality. I'm a man. I have needs. I... Jesus Christ! Wolves are increasingly common in rap nowadays. Who can forget the terrible scenes where Penelope Wilton was savaged by a white-furred lupine in rehearsals for Agatha Christie's Lord Marlborough is a shit? 
But what's behind this reprehensible trend for treating performers like naughty cattle? I spoke to theatre director Cameron Bosley. Yes, the flesh dolls have it easy, of course. Just turn up and cack out the dialogue that some other poor fucker has slaved away over. But if you haven't been trained properly uh, at Eton or Cambridge, say, then they'll stress the wrong bloody word in the sentence or miss their mark on set or forget the bloody script altogether. So many productions now are ruined by these prancing bum guffs trampling over the work of the playwright or the director. It's got to stop. I mean, actors are two a penny. Award-winning directors like myself are <laughs> rather harder to come by. Suddenly it all makes sense. If you want to get ahead, just be better at the whole acting. A lesson Maria Bonvoy would do well to learn. So you want me to just stand here and be bright orange? Uh, yeah. Uh, try not to flinch on impact, yeah? Q Max Verstappen. Frame number three, Adam Duffy to break. Thanks for joining me, Dave Douglas, and as ever, I'm joined by the legend that is Phil Hornby for this mouth-watering semi. So join us for an evening of top-drawer snooker. Actually, uh, before we settle in, it's a good time to dip into the post bag. Uh, Mrs Emily Flint wrote in. Well, sorry, uh, Dave. In this day and age, she actually put pen to paper, did she? <laughs> yeah, and uh, and she asks us, uh, Dave and Phil, I love watching the snooker with a plate of Garibaldi's and a cup of tea. What are some of your favourite foods? Oh, for Christ's sake. Well, uh, Emily, I'd have to admit that on days like this, when I wake up in a, a premiere inn, close to Sheffield City Centre and there's a a full day's snooker talk ahead of me. I am rather partial to a lemon yoghurt from the self-service breakfast bar. That's uh, very parsimonious of you, Dave. I myself, Emily, uh, head straight for the full English fry-up area. um, So that's... Three fried eggs for me and three hash browns. Eight. Three sausages and um, as much bacon as a bipedal mammal can realistically convey back to my seat. Uh, Beans of the baked variety, of course. Black pudding. Oh, yes. Three of those curious little black discs of velvety pig juice. I'd uh, just like to apologise to our vegan viewers. Three uh, fried tomatoes, but they're effectively garnish, of course, Emily. I mean, I rarely touch them, but you you have to put a couple on your plate or else people do love to judge, don't they? Yogurt boy. 
Perhaps uh, a raisin pastry. Sixteen. Ooh, and uh, a lovely big bowl of rigatoni. You're just simply prepared. Coffee in olive oil and black pepper, as God intended. Seventeen. Garlic bread. I love the taste of uh, coriander, so any stir-fry or dal with, with lots of freshly chopped coriander in it. Pizza, steak, how yeah, bloody is the day we're born, surf and turf, pie, no need to specify which here, they're all good. 32. 33. A Toby Carvery. Any carvery, really. Pad Thai. Ooh, King Prawn Passander. Forty. Forty-one. Korean steamed bao buns. Crepe Suzette. I mean, you did ask Emily, so here we go. 48. Oh, and what about 49. a thick sizzling gourd <laughs> pounder perched delicately on a brioche bun? Pop an egg on it. Fifty-six. Fifty-seven. With lashings of Bombay bad boy sauce from Ibrahim's on Crouch Street. Uh, otherwise, uh, I uh, actually drink a lot of protein shakes for a nutritionally balanced and conveniently 64. packaged mealtime solution. Prick. 72 73 um, Have I already said pizza? Uh, deep pan, I suppose, stuffed crust, but uh, that's not a deal breaker. All the meats on top, beef. 80 Pepperoni Chicken tikka Eighty-one. With extra cheese, cheddar, mozzarella. Pepper Jack. Eighty-eight. Come on, bear. And uh, we've uh, another letter here from Dr. Douglas, who simply asks Phil... How often do you manage to move your bowels? About once a week.
My name is Colin Tyler and I'm in league with Satan. I sold my soul to the devil in the summer of uh, 2008 in exchange for the power of being irresistible to women. I wasn't having much luck with girls before then. They said I was boring and they'd mock my moustache. They said it was weedy looking. Lucifer emerged from my pentagram which I chalked onto the back of a dartboard and bestowed me with unimaginable power. It was dead good. That same weekend I got lucky with a girl in the queue at the chip shop and managed to snog with a tipsy divorcee at the local Weatherspoons, so I knew he'd really come through for me. My side of the bargain, of course, was to carry out his fearsome bidding by bringing terror to the streets of Woodcock Hill and surrounding areas. I was prepared to do anything to appease the Dark Lord, up to and including ritualistic sacrifice, but luckily he wanted none of that. The world has moved on, he told me. It's not all about slaughtering poultry or exsanguinating virgins these days. His methods in the 21st century are more subtle, but no less evil or monstrous for that. Mostly it was quite low-key stuff, scattering dog poo along known running routes, putting the wrong-sized clothes on the size 12 hangers in clothes shops, and writing advertising copy for estate agents. These days I only hear from the Horned Beast very infrequently, because he's mostly working from home now and his main strategy these days is bus replacement rail services. But we do try to get together every once in a while, even if it's just for a quick coffee in Costa. We both look forward to our meetups and we chat about, you know, the usual things, football, pop music, and even the weather. He's really mellowed over the years. Big Ed Sheeran fan. Next year we're planning a caravanning holiday together in the summer, so watch out Great Yarmouth. We shall bring a dread visitation upon you all. I'll be out seducing the bald housewives, and Satan says he's got plans for a festival of issues-based street theatre in the city centre. The Electric Sodcast was written and performed by Ian Martin and James Burton and our original music was written by an eight-year-old.